Today on this episode of Going Deeper, you kind of get a bonus episode because while we may be a little bit ahead of our actual schedule today, we're going to go ahead and release our podcast on the crucifixion of Jesus today, which is Good Friday, so that before Easter, you can listen to this and you can get yourself prepared for next week's readings on the crucifixion of Jesus. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Becky Clark. Chris Winterman. So join us as we go deeper. Okay, so jumping right in, it's it's really, I feel like it's not really appropriate to kind of, you know, come into this all happy-go-lucky and lighthearted <laughs> and everything. I'm sure we'll, we're going to laugh and chuckle a few times this morning, but we're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, which is, if it's an easy topic for you to discuss, then... I don't know that I, you're probably not I, looking at it authentically. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So probably a little nicer than I would have put it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but we are that time of the year, uh, that time in the church season, even mm-hmm. when, when this is what we're dealing with mm-hmm. and it's heavy, weighty, mm-hmm. difficult things to talk about because it, just talking about the crucifixion of Jesus forces us to admit things about our own selves Mm -hmm. that we'd probably prefer not to have to admit. Mm -hmm. And I know Becky, you, this is actually one of your favorite places of study Mm -hmm. in the new Testament. It is. is. Does that sound weird? It, but it, (laughs) you know, it doesn't sound weird to me though, because (laughs) it's to me, it's that paradox of, of what Jesus came to do. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, ma- taking something gruesome and terrible and making something beautiful out of it. Yeah, there, you know, the this is the culmination. Mm-hmm. The the readings for this week. And, and I will say this, I, I kind of feel like it's a little bit unfortunate that our readings for this week, the people who designed this actually don't ask us to read the actual crucifixion account with the beatings. The, oh yeah. The 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 readings that we have in Matthew and in Luke um, don't reference as much as uh, John and all that other stuff. Just we just don't do the readings where it talks a lot about the flogging and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I, there's while it's those are not the fun passages. I believe that they are essential for the people of God to kind of come back to because what Jesus went through and the humiliation and the pain mm-hmm. was for us. Yeah. And um and and he didn't have to. Because right. at any point starting from where we start in our Mondays readings of when Judas meets him in the garden, and even before that we we don't read that he goes to the garden and is in anguish and he mm-hmm. prays to the Father, uh to to God the Father, like they're just um it's a it is a dark time for us to have to remember of what God has done mm-hmm. for us and well, why Jesus came. That's that that's a good choice of words, a dark time. 
So this is giving veracity to John's statement in some of the very first readings Mm -hmm. of this Mm -hmm. whole thing. Yeah. That Jesus is the light of the world Mm -hmm. and the darkness has not, cannot, will not overcome slash extinguish it. Right. And this is the moment when that is put to the test. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that statement, it doesn't do any good Mm -hmm. if everything is rosy and everything goes just in a nice, neat little Mm way. Yeah. So this is the time when Jesus could have given in to hatred. Mm -hmm. This is the time when he could have called down, as he said in his own words, however many legions of angels. Yes. This is the time when he could have said, you know what? No, uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I am going to do a quick, you know, quasi commercial for our Holy Land trip here. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you stand on the top of the Mount of Olives, where the Garden of Gethsemane is, and you're looking down to Jerusalem, there's it, it's really not that far. Nope. I nope. mean, not far it, at all. When, if I remember when we walked down that road, obviously it's a slightly different road today than it was in that day, but it, it took us what, 10 or 15 minutes? To I, get from the top all the way to the bottom. Yeah, I think I played two worship songs. Yeah. That was uh, me and a few a few mm-hmm. people listened to some specific worship songs as we walked down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't, I think two yeah. or or so. So, yeah. so this is something that to me, when somebody mentioned this to me and then I got to see it for myself, I thought, okay, wow. So just on the other side of the hill, you just go up on the other side of the hill, it's the Judean wilderness. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is standing up there. It's at nighttime. So these guys are coming with torches and whatever so they can see where they're going. That's right. So Jesus is watching the arrest party. From a from a far distance. From a far distance. Yes. And just seeing them walk all the way up the hill. Mm-hmm. And two minutes and Jesus is in a place where they'll never find him. Mm-hmm. Yep. All he has to do is turn around, walk over the hill. He's gone forever. Well, and he could have easily blended into the amount of people who were camped as well mm-hmm. outside of Jerusalem yeah. because this is Passover. Mm-hmm. So thousands of Jews have also come to celebrate Passover because if you were a good Jew and you could travel, you went mm-hmm. to Jerusalem. So yes, not only could he get in the wilderness, but he could easily hide through the amount of people too mm-hmm. and yeah, be be gone. Yeah. And and none of this, but none of this would have happened. Right. But none of this would have yeah. happened, you know. And we never would have gotten to it is finished. Correct, correct. We never would have gotten there. So, um, yeah, I think that's one of the things that's not we don't know too much about or think about. You know, the area of everything that happens in this these readings for this week are all in this short little space too yeah. of area. So. Um, Jesus sees them coming from a super long distance when well, he knows they're coming and he knows that Judas is leading them, yeah. right? Who he just mm-hmm. had a meal with and celebrated Passover. Mm-hmm. And then that he's gonna go down to Caiaphas's house, which is not very far from where he is. And then he eventually goes to Pilate's house, to Pilate's you know place. And then mm-hmm. from Pilate's place, he goes to the um, to Golgotha, which is also maybe they think they think like a third of a mile yeah. away, something like that. It was so, just outside the old city gates, is mm-hmm. where they think it was. Right. So everything really happens in this short amount of of uh, distance places, and all of these crowds 
are witnessing all mm-hmm. of the things that are happening because all of the people who are camped outside of town are watching all of these authorities and people come up with all these torches and wondering what the heck is going on as they arrest Jesus. They walk him back down to Caiaphas's house and there's a big crowd because we know it because um, it's recorded and that's where Peter's situation happens in mm-hmm. this courtyard where there's a ton of people, which again, remember, this is a huge high time in Jerusalem. So it's just overcrowded with mm-hmm. people. Um, and I think that's kind of the neat thing about the story is that um, it's not done in seclusion in any way, shape, or form. It's done smack dab in the midst of yeah. all of these people mm-hmm. to witness it and who have been there. And just just as a reference back, days before we're celebrating entry into yeah. his entry into Jerusalem and laying their cloaks down saying, basically we kind of recognize you as the King and Hosanna mm-hmm. in the highest and who has come, but the King, you know, our King David to save us. And days later chanting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crucify him. Crucify him, which we, mm-hmm. we haven't even got to yet, but right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is, it is by far one of my favorite passages to, to read and to study because there's so much that happens in these passages mm-hmm. and there's so much prophecy that is fulfilled and there is so much beauty in the midst of pain um, because without his death, then there would not be a resurrection. But without his death, there's no taking of our sin. Yeah. You know, there, there had to be a death. And so he dies. And... One of the other things about these passages for this week is is the beautiful show, to me, the parallel between Jesus' humanity and his lordship as well. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of his humanity in the garden. You know, you, you see a lot of his pain. And again, we don't read that passage for this week, but you see a lot of his pain and anguish, but also his submission mm-hmm. that we're called to, to do as well, right? But then you see how he could have what you said, he could have called down legions of archangels to, you know, and he could have called God to stop it at any mm-hmm. point and he's God, so he could have done it. And yet the submission of of allowing um, and humility just to be, but the pain. Yeah. Not, not just submission though, still mm-hmm. actively reaching out, mm-hmm. praying for their forgiveness, reaching out to the thief, beside him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the hardest, darkest moments, yeah. Christ is still the good shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I think that's such a great reflection of why Jesus matters today. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially today. Over the last couple of years, we've faced things that have only happened once a decade all at once. We've mm-hmm. faced public health crisis like the 19 teens. Mm-hmm. We've faced economic crisis, not quite, not not to the level of the depression of mm-hmm. the 20s, but close it's enough. It's significant. It's mm-hmm. significant. Yeah. And we've faced political unrest like the 60s, mm-hmm. all within a span of like two years. Yeah. So the weight and the darkness feels like it's just closing in on mm-hmm. so many people. Mm-hmm. But because we can look at the weight of the darkness at the crucifixion, Christ persevered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we can, if you were to fast forward, greater is he that's within us, Christ mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit, yeah. than he that's within the world, yeah. saying, okay, 
you can make it. Mm-hmm. He made it. So with him, you can make it. Yeah. And I think that's something people need to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of, what well, in the midst of the darkness here that we read this week, mm-hmm. that, that's where we find that hope mm-hmm. to, to keep going. Yeah, it's everywhere in the story for this week too, just the remnants and reminders of it. And then to know that at the end of it, because obviously we were on the other side of death and resurrection of Christ, that there is hope, mm-hmm. continued hope. Hope that, that has always been there. Right. But, but, but hope that doesn't short circuit or circumvent the struggle the pain, mm-hmm. yeah, the darkness. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things I've heard mm. from people outside the faith is, mm-hmm. well, you know, Christians, you just pretend and you, you're pie in the sky and everything's going to be fine and you just ignore reality. And Nothing could be further yeah. from the truth. Right. Christianity is is the reality mm-hmm. because of what Christ endured. Yeah. And and the temptation for Christians. Don't fast forward through all of this to get to Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. Because in life, you, you, you can't fast forward through the grief mm-hmm. and through the pain yeah. and through the darkness. And, and frankly, it's, it, it's pain and darkness a lot of times that comes upon us, not by our choosing or making. Right. And we feel completely helpless in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. But don't fast forward it. Find the hope within it like Christ did, mm-hmm. and know that perseverance will lead you to resurrection. It may be Friday, but Sunday's on the way. That's right. Well, and I think maybe this is one reason that the church has had created the tradition of celebrating <clears throat> Lent, of instituting this idea of Lent and the preparation of your heart that there's some there's the darkness you kind of have to walk through there's the pain there's the giving up there's the sacrifice and how you do that you know one of the things that Jesus shows in the last hours of his life is this beautiful constant humility mm-hmm. that he he doesn't rail at them he could have mm-hmm. i mean in our humanity don't we want to rail at somebody who causes we, us pain and we and probably anguish? would have said he should have, like, well, like we would feel like right. not only is he justified, that would have been the, the he should do that. Right. right. But he, he endures and he does it with this beautiful, graceful humility, but, but suffering is part of, you know, if you don't, if you don't um, endure some suffering, how do you know what's really good in yeah. the end? Mm-hmm. Right. So the whole idea of Lent instituted as a tradition within the church is to place ourselves in a time of um, endurance, Mm -hmm. a time of sacrifice and how we then learn to handle that better Mm -hmm. and and also to prepare ourselves for the fact that what Jesus did for us was all of those things. Mm -hmm. We are called to die to ourselves. So it's, it's a practice of it and a reminder of it. And then yes, then and then to get to the Sunday, but that's mm-hmm. why we do Holy Week too. Is that's the continued right. reminder of mm-hmm. you, you don't just celebrate resurrection on Sunday without having sat through the death right. on mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, well, and and we even see echoes of this if we we think back to or forward to Advent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when the, the beginning of Advent is a waiting period, when we talk about that Isaiah passage mm-hmm. of the people who walked in darkness have mm-hmm. seen a great light, they had to be in darkness before they could understand what the light was. Right. And, and so there, there's these, these echoes throughout all of it that you have to go through the bad Mm-hmm. To understand the good mm-hmm. in 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 literature, they they talk about the hero's journey, mm-hmm. and it and it's a it's a template, it's a formula, right? The, the, the hero has to has to feel the call to the the journey. They have to go through these different things, these various stages, and one of the stages is the struggle, yeah, the mm-hmm. suffering, and without that, mm-hmm. they're not the hero, mm-hmm. they, 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 and they don't fully become the hero. Until that, and Christ was the hero from the beginning. Mm-hmm. However, throughout his ministry, he made it a point to let people know, not for self-aggrandizement, but to point to the glory of the Father. Yeah, to let them know this is who I am. And and I think at the crucifixion, the the, the one incident, the one statement, one line of dialogue sums all this up. Mm-hmm. You have one of the centurions standing there. I believe it's in John's Gospel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yep. and and in, in the movie, yeah. in the movie, the greatest story ever told is this guy's played by John Wayne. Mm-hmm. So he's the only centurion with like a Midwestern accent, <laughs> <laughs> but right. that's okay. But but this, yeah. this centurion looks and says, "Surely mm-hmm. this was the Son of God." Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's 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 incredible to me. That the occupying Roman forces that 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 someone would see all of this evidence mm-hmm. and say, "Yeah, this is it," and disheartening that what John said earlier in his gospel, but the light came and his own people yep. not only yeah. didn't recognize him, they they outright rejected him. Absolutely, yeah. So there's 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 so much going on here. That you really could spend, and Becky said this earlier, you you could spend six podcasts episodes just on this one incident, yeah, because mm-hmm. it is so deep and rich. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we want to highlight. What do you want to? What do you want to talk I, about then? What do we need to talk more about? In I don't know. To I, it? I was just going to defer to you <laughs> on on this because I know you've got. You know, tons of notes. I do. There. I have oodles and oodles of notes, and I really don't know how to how to um, kind of whittle it down to to bites that fits in like 20, 25 minutes. So, <laughs> and we've already taken up some of that with such good, rich conversation already. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I guess maybe there's a few things that I want to highlight as just kind of some mm-hmm. historical information to help paint a, paint a better picture of what we're reading then. Yeah. Okay. So when we talk about when Jesus come, when, when the Sanhedrin comes, to take Jesus and mm-hmm. they put him on trial. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a few things that we need to know about the Sanhedrin and about the Roman government that will be helpful in regard to what the Sanhedrin is doing and why they take him to Pilate. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the Sanhedrin is the Jewish governing body and the Roman government allows the Sanhedrin to exist, mm-hmm. essentially, to kind of... Um, it, it's not necessarily a partnership, but it's a partnership in the sense of like the Romans kind of say, well... If we give them some space to self-govern to an extent, then they're happier. Yeah, they're more compliant. As long as yeah. they as long as they pay taxes and follow our right. big, big laws. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So the Sanhedrin gets to take care of the Jewish laws mm-hmm. um, and the Jewish people. So 
they want to get rid of Jesus. They, they're ticked at Jesus. They, he's done too many things. He's kind of made them look stupid. People are starting to question him. They and made themselves look stupid. Them, and, they're, and, and he's creating this following. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the Jewish leaders, not all, so this is a very blanket mm-hmm. statement, but a lot of the Jewish leaders had gotten to a point where power had become mm-hmm. a motivator. Well, power, authority, money, all that kind of stuff. We talked about last week with Marie and Doug uh, on last week's episode about how so many of the leaders had basically become cultural Jews mm-hmm. instead of actually wanting to follow God. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's at play here. We see the mm-hmm. effects of that playing out. Right. In this narrative and, here. And what what a what an indictment for some of the modern day church too. Mm-hmm. Cultural Christians and you know the, the the question is would would we have the same response to Jesus that those leaders had? Mm-hmm. Well, and yes, and yeah, it's a, again, that's a painful I'll, question to answer. That did probably maybe you know, I, like we're being we, honest. We talked about it last week too, where mm-hmm. where Doug mentioned the trying to put new wine in old wineskins, yep. mm-hmm. and to be careful with that. Yeah, yeah. So the Sanhedrin, this group of people, are just threatened. They're very threatened at this point. They don't know what to do. They can't excommunicate Jesus. They can't get him to shut up, and so they need to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, they had made this plan with Judas. I'm not really sure in some ways why they did. I I mean, they would have found another way to arrest him. That's always kind of a a question for me, why they had to have one of the inside people with Jesus to make an arrest. Because they pull out false testimony from all other places. Mm -hmm. They don't pull it from Judas. So I don't know, maybe it just, ultimately it just interestingly fulfills prophecy in some way. um, And that's how it had to work. But- They need to put him on trial, but ultimately he doesn't need to necessarily be on trial with the Jewish uh, council. He needs to be on trial with the Romans. The the Jewish Sanhedrin cannot um, have someone killed. Right. So- Much less- much less crucified, which, much is, which less is a crucified. step above yeah. regular right. execution. And, Crucifixion and was a Roman punishment. It was a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible Roman punishment. Mm-hmm. And it was reserved only for specific crimes. Yes. And if actually, if you were a Roman citizen, you couldn't be crucified except under the very, the, the most stringent of circumstances. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this is a big deal. Yeah. So, and, and one of the things that's important about the Sanhedrin is I know I've gone back to it a few times already. It's the Passover. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there are so many Jews that are in town and the Sanhedrin has to walk very carefully because they do not want to um, distance themselves anymore from the rest of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. They need the Jewish people to continue to be on their side so they can continue to have power and authority. So they cannot, um, they cannot have killed Jesus and they need to be somewhat distanced well, that, from the Roman government who that, kills Jesus. That, that sounds like the answer to your query about why it had to be one of his followers. Because mm-hmm. if they just busted in and grabbed him, the accusation could be made, mm-hmm. well, you're just intimidated by him, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Whereas if one of his own followers turns him That's in, point. then 
their hands are somewhat clean in the arrest at least. Right. Someone who's been following very closely Mm -hmm. for the past three years agrees that there is something fishy. And, Very well, and, fishy and, about and who, this whole thing. My, my speculation is with a lot of the scholars that think that Judas wasn't so much trying to sell Jesus out as he was trying to force Jesus's hand as this warrior Messiah, thinking if they come to arrest him, he will probably react and be the Messiah he's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, there's there's interesting speculation about why Judas, Judas is motivated to to do what he does. And most people, uh, most commentaries that I've read in the end kind of say, well, here's a guess, but we'll just never know. Nobody yeah. knows for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. We'll never know, you know, at Judas hung himself with the answer to that, which is a painful, yeah. painful thing. Yeah. But so, <clears throat> so the most that the Jewish people, the Sanhedrins can really accuse Jesus of at this point on their part is blasphemy, mm-hmm. um, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit blasphemy that he 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 claims he's God, although he never directly says it. If you read any of the accounts, well, there's one account, and I think it's in Mark. Until, well, I can't he, remember. until he until he uses the I am. Mm-hmm. That was with Pilate, right? I think that's with nope, Pilate. Nope, that no. was that was with the Sanhedrin because right. that uh-huh. was that was when they said right. mm-hmm. we've got him, we don't need any more witnesses. He's right. just said it. Right. So but I don't think that's in the accounts that we read. Um, I think probably not. I think it's mm-hmm. in either Mark or because we don't read Mark or John this week. Um, so yeah, he interestingly in our readings, he just says that's what you say, right? <laughs> Which has got to be so frustrating, mm-hmm. you know? That sounds like um, that's like what one of my kids would say to the other one. Like that's yeah. what you say. That's uh-huh. <laughs> right. I mean, it we do see in the Matthew twenty six chapter mm-hmm. that Jesus replies to the people, you have said it yourself. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. That's, we, because, we do read that. Because some of the people were saying just days before. Yeah. Who I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and he also does say it to Pilate. It is as you say. It is as you say. Mm-hmm. It's not, right. you know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's, there's a slight fakeness to it. Uh-huh. You know, it's like I'm I'm copping to it, but I'm not kind yeah. of thing. Well, which I mean, has to be somewhat frustrating. And that may be the, the comment that really Pilate was like, you do whatever you want with him. Because Pilate was asking him, do you consider yourself the king of the Jews? Which... Well, Pilate, Pilate, Pilate tried to give Jesus this whole, oh, I've got the power to set you free or let you, you know, or, mm-hmm. or send you to be executed, so you need to answer. And Jesus mm-hmm. looks at him and says, you don't, have, you don't have any power over me. Yeah. yeah. The, the power you think you have right. has been given to you. Mm-hmm. But see, I, I think Jesus is not standing up and claiming it mm-hmm. explicitly, is in line with his whole his his whole nature and expressions of submission to the right. father mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and Paul's theology later about him laying aside it and not considering this something to be great. So this is his humility. Mm-hmm. He he will not stand up and claim that until the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he says all authority, like he he, yeah. he he is being consistent with who he was and what he right. was there mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, when he goes to Pilate and it's it's sunrise when the Sanhedrin takes him to Pilate, which is actually a normal time for Roman governors to preside over a case. Mm-hmm. So we're doing everything that is historically accurate yeah. in, in the story and the, the Sanhedrins are doing it. They're, they're going by the book, 
essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So they meet with Pilate at sunrise because that's when testimony and trials happen. Mm-hmm. And they basically say to Pilate, um, he's telling people not to pay taxes to Caesar, which was a, a big deal yeah. not to pay taxes, mm-hmm. although he never says that actually, because yeah. that's, that's a lie. Whose picture's on the coin? That's right. That's, that's not what Jesus says. And that um, he is proclaiming himself to be a king of the Jews, which could cause insurrection. The only king is Caesar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyone who declares themselves king over Caesar is to be killed because Caesar is the only king. Yeah. So, right. So these are two things that, that are uh, offenses in the, the Roman well, and times. And they're, they're setting Pilate up. They are. Mm-hmm. Because they know that Pilate has to respond to these. And Pilate doesn't even want to execute him, much no. less crucify him. Right. However, you have this historical background of this extremely difficult area to govern. Mm-hmm. And and the idea is that Pilate has been warned, mm-hmm. look, if you don't take care of this, uh, it's going to be your head. Right. Yeah. So Pilate feels backed into a corner here, mm-hmm. although Pilate's not let off the hook. Uh, the discussion with his wife is very interesting. He, mm-hmm. he asks, what is truth? Yep. And his wife says, if you don't know what truth is, I can't tell you. Yeah. And that's a that that's another, to me, that's another microcosm of this whole thing. People standing in the face of truth, mm-hmm. Christ, mm-hmm. truth personified, yeah. and yet still denying it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so he... Yeah, his hands are tied in a lot of ways. He's kind of stuck. And he's in Jerusalem very specifically because it's the Passover. Mm -hmm. He's got to keep peace among all of the Jewish people. And he needs to do the right thing to make sure that there's no other issues. So he gets kind of stuck. I mean, and you see the struggle in the story of he's he's trying to help in some ways for, you know, like, help me out, man. You know, Mm -hmm. like, help me out. I I I could deal with you but in a lesser way and feel like that I have satisfied everybody and there will right. be no further issue. Mm-hmm. But he also he also chooses Barabbas as the alternative. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hoping that Barabbas is so filthy and mm-hmm. and just repugnant that they'll say, okay, no, obviously. But yeah. then they're like, no, give us Barabbas. Yeah. Who's mm-hmm. just a who's just a maniacal monster. Yeah. This guy's yeah. awful. He's yeah. actually leading insurrections, actually murdering people. Right. You yes. Know. Right. Oh, he's, he's doing, the good guy. He's doing actually everything that the Sanhedrin is claiming that Jesus is doing mm-hmm. or is, you know, getting ready to do, but he actually but did what it. A, what a, again, again, what, a, what an incredible metaphor because our adversary, our accuser, mm-hmm. claims the things that we've done and we have. Mm-hmm. We we are Barabbas, mm-hmm. and yet Christ willingly takes that on. So again, even in the midst of this, there is this incredible intentionality mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. show what is happening. Yeah, and and the the the, the message could be no clearer mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, and you know, and what didn't work in the Sanhedrin's favor, although I thought I think they thought it would, was you know they beat him and Jesus and kind of. Mm-hmm did some things before they brought him to Pilate yeah. and they made him look more humble and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think, and probably in their minds thinking, we're going to make this guy look like, you know, we've beat him down, but he deserves death. Well, then compared to Barabbas, 
he does look like he's mm-hmm. pretty pathetic. And why would mm-hmm. you why would you choose then to send Jesus to the cross? As a side note of what's going on between Jesus and Barabbas is um, historically uh, during the Passover, the Romans would make this gesture in the time of Passover in Jerusalem to release one captive that was mm-hmm. a, a Jew um, as kind of an in favor yeah. of um, the the time of what you're you're um, celebrating, right. and it was an echo of of uh, Egypt, mm-hmm. right? Right. So the Roman government is kind of like making this nice mm-hmm. gesture. So it this is not an unusual thing to have happened. Right, right. And Pilate is like, oh, let's. I mean, I think he thinks uh, whoa, 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 this could this could help me out. This could save <laughs> yeah. me. We've got to mm-hmm. take care of this thing anyway. I'll pick this guy who obviously the crowd would. Choose to go ahead and, you know, crucify and be in place. Look at Jesus. I mean, it just looks pathetic at this point. They're not going to choose him. So placed up against each other. And yet the Sanhedrin had just stirred the crowd to such an extent Mm -hmm. and whispered in their ears, just as happens to us a lot of times as, as sin whispers into our ears and we just, we buy it. You yeah. know, we buy it. And so they call out, no, no, no. Release the guy who's been murdering and is crazy and filthy and all that kind of stuff and take the humble guy and give him the by far the worst death that anybody could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And Pilate can do nothing at that point. He's got to do what he's got to do because he's got a big city to take care of. Yeah. And, but, but, you know, but you know, I... I'm tempted to empathize with Paul. I'm tempted mm-hmm. to, to to offer sympathy as well to him. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for your own choices. And mm-hmm. I, I think the blood of the martyrs testifies against Pilate. I think mm-hmm. the blood of the yeah. martyr says, look, you 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 can't put personal comfort mm-hmm. above truth. Yeah. Right. Well, so that's one of the things about this, what we see with a group of people in this story, you know, the Sanhedrin who are the be- who should have been the people who recognize Jesus for who he is yeah, are the ones that completely turn their backs and then, and want him dead. Well, they were so caught up in their own business they and were. their own they searching were. for power they that were. they just flat out missed God. I don't, I, I you know, I, so, so you go back to Jesus talking about the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. We talked about that last week, yeah. So, um, uh, and, and I haven't heard that episode yet, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is what it is. It, it, I don't think they missed God. I think some of them looked mm-hmm. God in the face, recognized, and said, and turned around. No, no thanks. Mm-hmm. That's the only sin that can't mm-hmm. be forgiven because you are denying the only means by which forgiveness mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. obtained. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and by doing that. Mm-hmm. There's no way to forgive. That yeah. There's 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 no means by which. That's like that's like saying I'm hungry. Well, here's food. No, I'm not going to eat anything. Yeah. Well, there's there's no other way for for that mm-hmm. to happen. So, mm-hmm. so and that's what's the scariest thing to me is that I think some of these leaders mm-hmm. looked at Jesus, knew who he was, mm-hmm. and said, no, mm-hmm. no. But you know, we have an interesting story of one of them who was a part of the whole trial and everything like that. And we don't know how he felt about it, except that 
once Jesus has been crucified and breathes his last, he he goes to Pilate and says, "Give let me have his body." Mm-hmm. And he's one of the Sanhedrin. Yeah, he's one of the priests who mm-hmm. I'm who who looked at Jesus and probably my assumption is maybe he was unsure or maybe he voted against and he just, there weren't enough votes mm-hmm. and he he lost. Yeah, Joseph of Arimathea. That's right. But he recognizes. And so he asked to take Jesus and, and to bury him in the respectable way, mm-hmm. um, giving him the, uh, the honor that he deserves. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the ones who sat in that trial. Yeah. Isn't there someone that actually speaks up in the trial though? And they ask him, what if you two become one of his followers? I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this, this could have been that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't give you, I can't give you chapter and verse or gospel, but, but but I remember that someone saying, look, this, Mm -hmm. this may not be what we need to do here. Well, I need to, we need to go back then and and they said, read the gospel accounts. It could be possible. Yeah. And then he may be the one. Mark or uh, John. Yeah. Yeah. But for Pilate's sake, you know, in, in the point that you're bringing up about Pilate, he recognizes something mm-hmm. about Jesus mm-hmm. because he, he tries and he yeah. goes back to the, the people and is like, I mean, I just don't see anything. I don't see what you're seeing, you know? Like, he, he doesn't seem like, this doesn't seem like a big deal and I want to save you. And they have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And But you're right. I mean, ultimately he makes a, a decision whether he's back in the corner or not, but he sees something mm-hmm that the others choose not to see or don't see of the people who should have, right? Mm -hmm. And then we also have, we already mentioned the centurion, which is again, another Gentile that you think- Gentile should have had no clue. No clue. And that's that's an indictment. And and let me me throw a, like a disclaimer here. Um, so Pilate washes his hands Mm -hmm. and 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 the Jewish leaders say, let his blood be on us and on our children, et cetera. That has been um, abhorrently used to justify anti-Semitism throughout the years, mm. Mm. and that's deplorable. Yeah, and that should not happen. Um, I just I've 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 heard that utilized to do that. Oh wow! And that's that's just awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's not the intention mm-hmm. here. the The idea yeah. is not that the Jewish people are cursed or Christ killers. That's just foolishness. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, Becky, that these are the people that should have recognized him. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Jesus doesn't tell the disciples that they're allowed to go and preach to the Gentiles until after the resurrection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole ministry before that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a Gentile woman, a Canaanite woman that comes up to him. And he's like, look, I'm I'm here for the for, for the children of Israel first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So and and, and that's one of those. Uh, did, did we cover that in any podcast? I haven't seen them. That, that that very um, interesting conversation. Yeah. Look. I would uh, say while you're I, looking, it, one of the things it reminds me of, and then the, I want to make two other points is, um, you know, when the, the people take the promised land in, in Joshua, there's this, the Rahab. <laughs> and at the time, the promised land was to be obviously for the people of God. Yet he makes concession. God makes concession in the law that if if a Gentile recognizes me and sets aside all other things to follow and to then be grafted into the Jewish family, mm-hmm. there's there's opportunity for that. And that's what happens to Rahab and her family, right? So even even at that point, and this is kind of an echo of it, like it was it was always the intent for all people. 
and and well, back God, to Abraham, right? Yeah. All right. nations, all mm-hmm. nations, it, all people. It was the intent, but the Jewish people were. They are the 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 mechanism mm-hmm. that God used to display and mm-hmm. and people who were intended to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting, and here we're going to swing a little bit more towards God's sovereignty than towards free will. They're going to be part of God's plan, whether they realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And they're enacting God's plan at this moment. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So t- there's two other Gentiles, and we, we've already kind of talked about the other one, which was the the thief on the cross. We mentioned mm-hmm. him really briefly already, I think. Um who recognizes, you know, there's the two thieves that mm-hmm. are also being crucified yeah. and there's one that mocks them. And then the other that's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Do you even recognize who you were hanging against? Mm-hmm. And and then he turns to Jesus and it's like, hey, remember me. And Jesus says, you got it, man, you're with me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you recognize even in this, this desperate moment who I am. Mm-hmm. It's one other person and it's uh, Simon who helps carry the cross. Yeah. He's a Gentile mm-hmm. and um, he's pressed into service because Jesus is so beaten and mm-hmm. flogged and everything that he can't carry his cross beam, um, which is a side note. We, a lot of times there's pictures where he's actually carrying the full cross. That's, yeah. that's not actually likely. Most of the time the high beam was left in place as a constant reminder mm-hmm. and they carried the cross beam yeah. over and then took mm-hmm. the, the thing down. And, and so just a little side note. So um, he, is pressed into service. And we find that later, Mark even talks about, he names his children because later on, um, his he and his children all become part of the movement of the way. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this guy who's just standing on the side, mm-hmm. watching everything, his life is changed mm-hmm. by the encounter with Jesus in the most horrific of times too, mm-hmm. and recognizes, and it changes his whole family's yeah. you know, tree. Uh, and yet, in the midst of all of that, you still have the Jewish people mm-hmm. yelling crucify him and cheering for what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's this interesting juxtaposition of, of what's happening. It should make us as Christians constantly contemplate right. our actions and where we stand with Jesus and our expectations. You know, because I think sometimes we think, He's for me and he should do, mm-hmm. he should do for me. Yeah. And when he doesn't, I don't need him. Mm-hmm. It's just also the same idea of, do you, do you go and seek Jesus out just when you need him and you're in a situation? Mm-hmm. Or do you seek Jesus out at all times in the good and the bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, this is why spending time in these passages are really, really important for us and they should be very reflective. But yeah. It's it's crazy that the people of God can't see. Well, this is and this is look. <laughs> this, this is a hard statement for me to make because I'm taking it seriously. As a disciple, if my expectation from Christ is anything other than a cross, then I have the wrong expectation. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, my expectation is other. Yeah. It's peace and hope and joy. However, He did promise those things. Yeah, He did. But He also promised. Of eternity, right? So like of eternity, not not of, uh, unfortunately, not of 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe 90, if you're really blessed, years of life is a bigger picture Mm -hmm. of eternity. But Jesus says, you're right. 
it should be the expectation of the cross. It's just like what, you know, Sandy Richter, my guru, um, says <laughs> in one of her studies, and I can't remember which one, and one of the epic studies, she said, you know, when people ask, why is there pain in the world? Why is there suffering? She said, really, the better question is, how can there be good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there is just a lot of dark. What we should be more surprised of is the amazing goodness that we see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why hasn't everything just spun off into complete chaos? Mm -hmm. Why is there still hope? Mm -hmm. When you look at humanity's great penchant for destroying ourselves and each other and the world that we've been given to take care of. Right. Yeah. Why have we endured? Right. And so, and, but what we do a lot of times is we focus on the negative instead of spending a really a lot of time going, that's a, the blessing of the good, mm-hmm. the the amazing blessing of and, the good, and the darkness mm-hmm. cannot, will not overcome it. Right, right. You know when Jesus breathes his last on the cross, and it's complete darkness. Right, there's this moment where everyone could think, "Well, there you go, the darkness won," mm-hmm. because that's what that's what in some ways it signifies to the point here that. Darkness has overcome and it overcome light in a time when it should not have, because that's now how God created right. everything. Right? It's not time for dark. Although even in dark, there's always light. Yeah. There's you can't go outside in even some of the darkest nights and not look up and see some piece of light. Mm-hmm. There dark. are some stars somewhere. There is darkness something. is not a thing. Hmm only more or less light. Yeah. yeah. So in that moment, they thought the light of the world was extinguished. Mm-hmm. But, but see, so, so that, that's the whole thing. Pain, suffering, difficulty, as, as much as they're here now, yeah. eternally, as we're promised in Revelation, they are not a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are a momentary experience, as deep and painful, as difficult as they are in the moment. Mm-hmm. Eternally, those things, because of Christ, are not a reality because he overcame them at their very worst. Mm -hmm. They threw everything they had at him. He took it all and still overcame. Yeah. And, and that really in the end is what we have to look forward to. Mm -hmm. So I think that, yeah, let's let's. Well, that's a good. That's a good yeah, place to kind of. We're pretty much. We could go done. so much more. Yeah. You're gonna have to shut me up. Uh-huh. Here, you know? <laughs> but the the beauty of all this is is yes, it it happens the way we read it, mm-hmm. and we we have these accounts, and they are powerfully moving and somber and difficult, and and all that. But that's not where we end the story. No. No. Because we end the story, or actually we we turn to a new chapter, really. Yeah, because we're still we're, in the story. We're still in the story. We're still in the story. Today. It's not over. But, yeah. but we turn the page, mm-hmm. and it's three days later, and we get to talk about that next week. So we've we've got a lot to look forward to, because while it may be dark right now, there is hope. And it's, it's all done. We got great things to look forward to. If you have questions about 
the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to ask us some things about, oh, how did this happen? What is this? You know, some of the historical things. You know, definitely send us your questions to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com. And we will absolutely address those in an upcoming live or not live pre-recorded Q and A. However, the the, the the it works out whether we can do it live or not. We will answer your questions, or we will do our best mm-hmm. to answer your questions. And with that, subscribe if you haven't already. Share this with somebody who needs to hear the message of hope of Jesus that comes through all the stuff that we're talking about in these podcasts. And I will say thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week.